This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God, a course in miracles. Valeria interviews Carrie Hari. She's the author of Life Salsa, Life Lessons from the Dance Floor. As a journalist, Carrie listened to people's stories and communicated them. As a life coach, she supports people to explore and transform their stories. As a professional speaker, Carrie shares her own stories and the life wisdom she has gained from them. Born in Switzerland, she immigrated with her family to Australia when she was six years old. While she now calls Australia home, Carrie has also lived in Switzerland, Hungary, South Africa, and Spain, visited more than 30 other countries, and learned four languages. Consequently, she enjoys being with people of all ages, cultures, and backgrounds. Her life and work experience are rich and varied. In addition to being a coach and speaker, Carrie also works part-time with a vocational training organization where she has her dream job leading a dream team of highly skilled, passionate, and caring learner support services case managers dedicated to empowering and helping students to complete their vocational training qualification and transition into further study and or employment. During her professional life, she has also enjoyed working in a variety of other roles, including office administrator, English teacher, PR communications officer, media liaison officer, business mentor, event training coordinator, and vocational trainer. Carrie is passionate about sharing her skills, knowledge, and experience, and has enjoyed being a guest speaker at a variety of team-building days, events, and conferences in Australia and overseas. She also has an International Coaching Federation, ICF, Associate Certified Coach. When she is not working, you might find her meditating in the peace of the early morning, enjoying a glass of red wine with a friend, sitting in a favorite cafe absorbed in a book, or walking at the beach at sunset. Meet Carrie at carriehari.com. Here's the interview with Carrie Hari. In your own words, who is Carrie Howry? <laughs> so you are speaking with me, Carrie, and I am coming to you today from Adelaide, South Australia, which are the traditional lands of the Ghana people. Now, you're actually interacting with two Carries, shall we say. There's the me that is uh, physical form. So that's what I call the three Bs, my biography, my badges, 
and my body and also what I refer to more as the constructed self. So it's what I've done, where I was born. For example, I was born in Switzerland. We immigrated to Australia when I was six years old. My first career was as a journalist for a for an international not-for-profit organisation. And then um, the badges, it's the qualifications that we might gain it's the work that I've done. It's all of those aspects of my life that in some ways are important when we're living in the world that we live in. At the same time, they it's the part of, of us that changes. It's, it's temporary. Uh, it's, it's from moment to moment, we are constantly changing. So I call this my constructed self. It's the one that we build and make as we progress through life. And I think that aspect of of building who we are is particularly important in the early part of our lives. But then I am also my true self. So this is the one that originates from my loving mind and is the one that is still one with, with source, with God, the divine, however we want to call the the energy or source that we we all all are. It is the part of me that is perfect love, joy, peace, wisdom and approaches life from this place. And I see that as the me that I truly am underneath that constructed self. It's also the me that is eternal, unchanging, free beyond time and space and cannot ever be hurt or harmed. So that is, yeah, the two two aspects of, of who you are speaking with today. How did you discover this understanding of yourself, Gary? I think the first time I started asking that question, who am I? And why am I here? I was still very, very small. It was before we immigrated to Australia. And I remember lying in bed. So I had to have been under six years old. I can't be more specific than that. But I remember looking at my hand (laughs) and just (laughs) had my hand in front of my face looking at, oh, this is my hand. But I had this idea already it's just a hand. It's not who I really am, but who am I really? And I guess as 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 much as you can at that age, this idea that there was a, someone behind the person asking the question and looking at the hand. And so that was my starting point. And then it wasn't really until my early 20s that I started exploring spirituality in a more conscious way and trying to answer those questions and began that exploration. Would you say that this path of, let's say, curiosity, in a sense of questioning this reality of the nature of reality is the first step, and then we are exposed to ideas of what this might be and, you know, going deeper into it in in a sense. And then comes belief systems about what this is and then knowledge. And then some of us get to realize. And then the last step has been my case, it's trust. 
So it seems like it's uh, the construct itself, the ego self, it goes through this all this process of getting to know itself, getting to understand its own nature or its true nature. And then it realizes it for a moment, perhaps, and then becomes a practice for some of us to go deeper and to deepen our, our knowledge this realization of the true self. And then goes back to trust, which seems like the constructed self, again, trusting the true self. And then both of them are just here dancing in this reality as one. And there's no separation between them. Would that make sense to you, this process? In some ways, it does. As a student of A Course in Miracles, it does see the constructed self as only being relevant while we are still in a human body. So that while we are still in a human body, there is a split mind. So the true self is the one that is the eternal self and one with source. But uh, the ego self um, is actually very threatened and is doing its best to keep us from understanding who we really are. And that has been my experience and and my process is coming to that realisation that we go from more of that split, separate uh, understanding of who we are to more of a unity and unified understanding of who we are. But that many and, well, most of our problems come from the fact that the constructed self or the ego mind, as the course refers to it, is doing its best to preserve itself and to defend itself. And it is, it understands the more that we understand our true self, it will begin to dissolve. And that when we leave the body, um, we are fully our our true self unless we haven't yet come to that realisation. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot that I still don't really fully understand that I, I'm still learning myself, but that's kind of where I'm at at the moment and how I understand um, the course teachings around the ego self and the the true self that the ego self is not real it's 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 a figment of well not even our imagination it's it's something that that um originated from fear when at some point we decided that that we wanted to make a detour uh into into fear for some many reasons um being in the body or, or identifying with the body. I think that's where it comes from, the fear. It's identification, isn't it, Carrie? Absolutely. And the ego mind wants us to think we are only our bio badges and body. And so a lot of people walk through the world, and I did for, for, for some time, thinking that, that, well, that's who I am. And I spend a lot of energy and time trying to work out <laughs> Well, who am I from a biographical sense? Because, for example, I don't know who my biological father is. So I wanted to know, well, well, who, who, who am I from that perspective? But once I came into this understanding, well, that's not who I really am, it kind of doesn't matter. If I ever do work out 
um, well, I, I mean, he, he's probably an old man and may even have passed on. But if a member, for example, of his family might come into contact with me, I would be more than happy to uh, explore that. But it doesn't define my identity. That's very powerful to say even because that shows something. So my question is, is this what it looks like when the ego, the false idea of who we are, dissolves where you are now? I still have a long way to go. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't sound like it. <laughs> I have moments where I do really sense the, the true self and that oneness because another core teaching of the course, which, of course, is is not unique and I just want to make that very clear that it is not presenting anything new in terms of spiritual truth or reality. You will find a lot of the principles of A Course in Miracles are identical in other paths. We may call them by different terminology or slightly different understanding but at the core I do believe there's truth with a capital T where the great religions of the world, where the different spiritual paths, where they speak of love and oneness overlap. So the course makes it very clear. It is a course in miracles. It is not the course in miracles. And its curriculum, although it's a universal one that we will all at some point need to learn, We we learn it in different ways and on different paths. The only claim it seems to make that might be a little bit different is that it can speed up the process so that we um, come to some realisations if we are open and seriously living the course, not just understanding it intellectually but actually applying it and living, the, for example, the workbook lessons then um, we can accelerate the, the the speed with which we understand who we really are and what life is all about. Yes, yeah, so it's kind of, uh, in a way, a contradiction that we need to practice into being who we already are, <laughs> because we are already here. But isn't that an interesting fact, really, to realize that there's practice involved? It is, because so much of, um, life is spent, and, and again, it's different from person to person, but I know that I did not remember who I really was. We forget. So it's not that we have to become something or be transformed into something. For me, it's really about um, remembering who we always were. And, and that's where the course comes from. And of course, many of the world's spiritual paths. It's, it's, it's an understanding of who, who we always have been and remembering that. But the constructed self, while it is, uh, while we're in a physical world, uh, wants us to forget because again, it will feel threatened um, when we start that process of, of remembering and try and distract us with, oh, but no, um, you know, you have to think about your career or or your reputation or you need to do um, some more training or another course or whatever it is that it knows we, that the bait that we bite, it will dangle in front of us. 
which is why it's the practice, that practice of of retraining our our thinking. So the course describes itself as a complete self-study spiritual thought system. So a large part of the practice, well, the practice itself, really not even a large part of it, is undoing the thought system based on fear, which originates with the constructed self and returning and learning and remembering the thought system that originates from source, from love. It's a very beautiful path that I have come across. I have, as I mentioned off record, I have two books in my house because I was very much impressed by the teachings. Uh, I spoke to somebody here and I was really, I felt something and that I was called, but I didn't really study the, A Course in Miracles. I guess because it was maybe, I'm, I'm not sure exactly why. I might say that that's because it's dealing with the mind still. There's something to do with thinking, as you just mentioned, a shift in perception, which is a little bit deeper, I think, than thinking. But then there's another system that kind of caught my attention in a more powerful way, per se. It's the same thing. It's just a different approach, a different angle. It's the understanding that this is, is an illusion, which I know A Course in Miracles, they also talk about that, the illusion of this. But it's Vedanta, it's the, the teachings that I follow. They clearly say that. There's a whole system that guides us to see that the only thing that's real is the awareness itself which everything's happening at that level, not at the mind level, but it's what is aware even of the mind. So the whole practice is into getting closer and closer to the one who watches, the one who perceives everything, uh, the one who is aware of everything and conscious of everything, not the other way around. So even the thinking, every thought we have, there's something here that's listening to it that it's been present to thoughts, memories. So I guess that really caught my attention because it's almost like a direct path to who, what we are, because it's very clear that everything is happening at that level, which means even the body and the, and the mind, it's something that can be observed. And if we can observe what is here, then we cannot be it. There is a, almost like a gap in between them, a distance, although it's not really a separation, but it's just enough distance to be noticed. It's, and that really caught my attention. And, and that's where I am now, Carrie, kind of um, practicing more and more the uh, becoming closer, kind of coming from that awareness point of view. And then we're already there because that's exactly what we are doing now. Like uh, listening to my own voice now, listening to you. There's something here that's uh, that's aware of that. And I know that that's what the, the, the true self is. So does it make sense to you, that point of view as well, or it's a little out there? <laughs> it absolutely makes sense. I don't think it's, it's any different um, from how A Course in Miracles approaches the, the idea. It may just use different terminology. And as I said before, that the, the course may not be for everyone. Well, it's not for everyone. Otherwise, there would be more people <laughs> uh, living it. 
it is, um, though, a perfect fit for, for some people. And so that's why I'm really interested in, in speaking about it because I was never aware of it because it's, it's, it's not, um, something that is out there in the general, uh, awareness of, of spirituality as such. It's not, it's not, um, as, as I guess popular in that sense as some other paths that have been around for maybe longer, but it is becoming, uh, there, there are more people studying it and living it and, and practicing it. So it may become, uh, more known, but I think essentially what you have just spoken about is not all that different to, yeah. to my understanding. Which is it's shocking in a way, isn't it, for the um, constructed self and the intellect, for the mind, because that's where the constructed self lives and the mind. So it's really kind of shocking when coming from that place, like, oh, this is actually the body and the mind and you, everything that we call the I, it's actually that, the true self. It's uh, within that. So it's not separate from, it's an attention kind of uh, issue, problem here. So we are just kind of overly identified or identified with the body-mind and, and we are not able to look the other way, almost the opposite direction. It's the reverse, really. Right, Carrie? Do you get this idea that it's actually the, uh, it's the opposite? It's like putting something upside down, just walking with a... Uh, heads and and with the legs up, it's completely it's completely different. The real perception of what this is, quite possibly, yes. <laughs> that um, the way that the so when we're talking about mind, um, we're not talking about the brain. So I just want to make that um, very clear. So in terms of the course, it talks about a split mind. So there's the 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 real self is is part of and again we, we might be just be getting caught up in in terminology as well because another um and that's where it can get get confusing for some people but it is just essentially this awareness that um there is an aspect of us that is real um but the course would say the body is definitely in the realm of illusion right that's it yeah that's my understanding too it is too. not yeah. real the only what reason it is real to us is that we perceive it through our senses and the senses what we call the sense perceptions and all the the sensations they are felt they are experienced in consciousness we think it is in the body like when we touch it but that sensation is being experienced at that level, it's not really. So that's how I know, too, that the body's not real, because it's happening outside of it. The, the experience of the body, it's not in the body. It's not here. So that really, really makes a lot of sense to me as an experience that I can feel right now. And that's why we have, have our bodies. Um, the course talks a lot about cause and effect. So the cause of... So the mind is is the level of, of cause and the body is where the effect of the thinking. So our thoughts are the cause and is at that level. 
And what we feel in our bodies and experience in the physical world is effect. And so the way that it uh, works is it deals with issues at the cause. I know that I spend a lot of my life trying to deal with challenges, frustrations, concerns, fears at the level of effect, which can sometimes be a doorway into then realising, oh, but this is, this is, it's a Band-Aid. It's not getting to the cause. And it took me a while to realise as long as I'm working and dealing with challenges and questions and experiences on the level of effect, there's going to be a limited level of change or transformation because um, it's, I'm dealing with the effect. It will be temporary. It will not be long-lasting or solid. Whereas if I deal with, and this has been my experience, and I think that's why I fell in love with, with the course, is because in dealing with the cause, then and and changing my thought system from fear to love, which is the course's definition of a miracle. It's not about turning water into wine. Mm. Having said that, that would be fantastic. That's true. Or coffee. Yeah. Talks about a miracle. It's not in the sense of how we might understand it in biblical terms or from other spiritual traditions. Um, however, it can involve healing, but the healing is at the level of cause and the level of, of the mind and healing the mind, which then um, is about switching that experience from fear to love. And then as we experience love and approach life from that aspect, um, often the physical healing or our physical state will improve and emotional and mental and everything else. Not always, um, but I have certainly noticed a change in my external world, not because I have sought to do that, but as I have mm. um, started working with, with my thoughts and my, my thought system. Mm. Yes, and that includes, of course, belief systems, right, Carrie? Thought, beliefs, Absolutely. Uh, values. Right? Mm -hmm. If I believe, so for example, um, the constructed self would have us believe and, and, and the, the fearful mind, the ego mind. So again, it uses ego not in, in the way that maybe it's understood in clinical psychology or philosophy or some of those uh, uh, thought systems. It, it does use it in, in a very specific way. And that's one thing about the course that um, many people will notice when they first pick it up. For example, it uses Christian terminology, which for me was, it, it was something I needed to, to, to work through, but it uses the terminology. The meanings behind it are very different to what would be understood in mainstream Christianity, for example. Um, and I'm very familiar with mainstream Christianity because I lived that world for about 15, 20 years. And um, so the terminology is something that 
is um, can be a bit of a stumbling block at first for some people, but the course explains it and it makes it very clear how it understands it and what its terms of, of definition is. And there is a section in the course that explains that so that we don't have that confusion and it will clarify that. So for, um, for me, that idea of beliefs, again, it's about thoughts. If, I, if my ego self thinks that the world is a dangerous place, and that is my belief, we know what kind of experience I'm going to have of the world. If I believe that I cannot, my true self, my essential self cannot be harmed or hurt and that I am responsible for how I experience the world and my life in a body, it changes everything. And if I understand that we are all one and we are all love yeah. at our core essential self, how I see other people and relate to them and understand why we do some of the unloving, unkind things that we do, yeah. it changes everything. Yes, that really resonates true to me. And a question that some people might have that I also have for you is, what is the process of changing those belief systems and thoughts through A Course in Miracles? Is that something you read every day, each lesson, each section of passages in the book. Yeah, I would love to know the system because I know that's a practice. So how did that work for you? This is one of the things that really attracted me and kept me interested and intrigued is the actual practice. It is incredibly practical and I am a very practical, pragmatic person as well. So and I do appreciate structure. So, as, uh, on the one hand, I do love going with the flow and being very open and curious. At the same time, I do appreciate some structure. So, the way the course is presented is, as you've mentioned, um, in a book, a big blue book. It's a three-volume curriculum and it consists of a text a workbook for students and a manual for teachers. So the text presents the theory of the course and the development of the experience of forgiveness, which is one of the core teachings and principles of the course, which is our ultimate goal in terms of experiencing that love and peace that our true self is is in its essential quality. The text also explains the basis for the fear and guilt and how they can be overcome through miracles, which are defined as maximal expressions of love. So there's not a little love or a medium amount of love. It's just love. And any expression and extension of love is always maximal, whether it's a smile at the barista, when we get our coffee, whether it's a hug we give a friend, whether it's a donation we make to help people who are maybe working with a natural disaster that's happened or whatever else we're doing or our work. And as you mentioned before, the miracle is defined as the shift in perception from fear to love. So that's the text. Then there's a workbook for students. And this is 
This is the core, and it consists of 365 lessons. So it's an exercise for each day of the year. And so it presents this as a one-year training program, and it begins the process of changing the student's mind and perception. And even though it's a one-year training program, it can be repeated So I start with lesson one at the beginning of the year because I like a bit of structure. (laughs) Yes, And then at the end of the year, I I start over again. And the first half of the year, the focus of the lessons or the exercises is on undoing the thought system that we have made that is based on fear. And the second half of the year is starting to really build, um, or not even build, but remind us um, of this thought system that are uh, based on on love, and so it's very practical and and you live it every moment of every day, and so that's one of the the aspects of the course that I I really do appreciate. The manual for teachers, and again, just to clarify, it doesn't have gurus, it doesn't have priests, pastors. Um, there are teachers of A Course in Miracles, but um, generally it's understood the minute you become a student of the course, you are already a teacher. And the main way of teaching is through demonstration. Uh, if you might, We might have a conversation like this, but the main way that we teach A Course in Miracles is through um, the demonstration, extension and expression of love and the undoing of fear. So the manual for teachers is 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 a really helpful question answer form and it offers and provides a lot of the answers to the kind of questions that many of us might ask. It also includes a clarification of a number of terms the course uses which I mentioned before and it explains them within the theoretical framework of the text and their practical application through the workbook. So personally, if anyone is interested in exploring um, A Course in Miracles, I would probably suggest starting with um, the workbook and the manual for teachers. So doing one workbook lesson a day, and it gives very clear instructions. So the course is is great like that, Um, and it explains only do one course a day. That's all like it's not about doing zooming through and doing six lessons a day. One lesson a day, it only requires a little willingness, just five minutes. And over time, we start seeing the um, the, the change in in our thinking and then our experience of, of life. Um, and then once so the manual for teachers is great because then you have some of uh, an understanding of the terminology and some of the basic principles and then to go to the text. And what I personally like to do, I start the day with the workbook lesson and then I read um, part of a chapter of the text depending on how long the chapter is and how much time I have and then I, I meditate for 15 minutes mm-hmm give or take in the morning and the evening and I use the lesson for the day as my main focus point for the meditation. It sounds wonderfully structured because we do need structure. I absolutely agree. I'm more attracted to 
no structure kind of teachings. The way I learn is without structures, but I see that I have created some anyway, even in a casual way. I meditate every day, <laughs> so, <laughs> but in a very casual way because I try not to force into the mind. I don't want the mind to feel forced to do something because then creates even more, let's say, resistance. So I try not to force anything. But I have a question for you. Do you also guide others, Carrie, through the, this process, through the, the teachings of A Course in Miracles? Not at the moment. I might have conversations with people, but uh, what I love about it, it is a self-study uh, spiritual thought system. So, and this is, um, and, and you mentioned right at the beginning of our conversation uh, the, the word trust. And one of the aspects of the course that I really appreciate is it trusts us that we can listen to the inner guide and the inner teacher and be able to take from the course what it is that we are ready for and need in that moment. It's it's a very many layered, it, it's a paradox. On one hand, it's it's very simple, but on the other hand, you know, people pick it up and they start maybe reading the theory or the textbook part of it. Uh, the text part of it and say, oh, my goodness, this is so dense. I don't understand what it's saying. And at first I thought, oh, my goodness, what, what? And I had a similar experience, but it's written in that way or was scribed in that way very intentionally to get past the intellectual um, ego mind, which would like to go, you know what, I got, I, I understand this, I know this. Um, you don't need to delve into this. So, the way that it's written, you have to actually really stop. And it, it does, uh, in my case, it messed with my head a little bit and sometimes it still does. But then once you get into it and you start getting familiar with it and it's written in a beautiful rhythm, uh, I have a writing journalism background. So for me, how something is written is really important and it just has a beautiful, it's beautifully written and it's also what they, some people consider fractal. I don't know if that means anything to you, that concept, but that the whole course is in one sentence. Um, like the, the same meaning, the same idea is repeated in different ways and it loops in upon itself. And it that's what I find just amazing. I can be in doing the workbook but I might be in a different place in the text at any different time of the year because it takes a different time frame for me to read through the text and the manual for teachers. But whatever I'm reading always connects beautifully with whatever workbook lesson I'm on as well or what's happening in my life. It's it's really quite extraordinary in that sense and it's it's cohesive. It's it doesn't contradict itself. It's very clear. It can be very confrontational because it will say the reason you are experiencing this is because of this. Right. It's like, excuse me, and <laughs> yes. the ego self will come up yeah. and go, I, I won't have you speak to me like that. And then, of course, the true self, our wisdom, our inner guide teacher, in my case, will quickly say, actually, Carrie, this is exactly what you need to deal with and confront and work through. 
and I'm here to help and I do it lovingly. So the let's say this is love. Now let's say the, the truth with capital T, it's uh, that it is love. It's not that we become love or even that we try to express love. It already is. The question is, how do we know when we are there, let's say from the perspective of the conditioned body-mind and especially the ego-mind, the false self? And then if we don't get to, let's say, realize and, and live this truth within this experience we're having now, then the body drops, we lose the body. Is that something that continues? It goes on and on. <laughs> we keep coming back in a new body because I have heard that before. That's also Vedanta's teachings. Is that something that you always uh, subscribe to? Do you understand it that way? I, uh, so it's interesting because having come more from a Christian background where any concept of reincarnation is not taught and not accepted. Uh, it was one of the beliefs that I had to re-examine and think about and my understanding of the course is there is a point where we don't need to come back anymore. Um, of course, we don't know exactly when that is until it happens would be my understanding and again this is just me and my experience everyone else will have a very maybe a different experience or perspective coming from where they are however what the course the course doesn't pay a lot of attention to reincarnation because whatever other lives we may or may not have had or may still have are all still part of the illusion because they are still part of um, the ego mind inhabiting a, a physical body. So it's part of the illusion. So it doesn't pay much attention to it. And me personally, I have not had any really strong sense of or, or even need to explore any past lives I may have had so for some people that might be important, especially with respect to healing or understanding who they are, but it would be part of the, the body badge and bio, but from a different time in the body potentially. So that's why is my understanding. I'm not an advanced student of the course, so... I am still learning and that's why I consider this an introduction to A Course in Miracles. So from someone who has been studying it and living it for a few years now, however, having maybe had a bit of a head start because of all the other spiritual paths I have walked and reevaluated and thought, you know what, this belief system does not sit right with me because it excludes or it condemns and judges people because of who they are or the way they live. The course makes no judgments. It does not tell us how to behave. It trusts us that when we're coming from a place of love, whatever we then do to express that love will be loving and helpful to other people. 
Yes, it's truly beautiful. I love this path too, I have to say. Every time I hear from some of my guests, it kind of... uh, It kind of opens my heart for a reason. So thank you so much, Carrie. And just to explain, um, like you and I, we both speak different languages. I speak several and you speak several languages. And so if I were to speak with you in Swiss dialect, (laughs) you would probably have... um, not much of an idea, I'm guessing, of what I'm saying. You might pick up on the energy of the message. Um, so it's not a good fit for me to communicate uh, information or truths or principles in a language that doesn't fit. Same with you. I might understand a little bit of Portuguese because I, I speak Spanish. Yeah. Um, and there's some similarity. Yes. So the way I understand the spiritual paths is that there are there are different languages that some of us just um, understand better and are a better fit. So I'm in no way saying everyone needs to be a student of A Course in Miracles. It's the only way, not at all. I'm just wanting, I just love sharing about it and talking about it because like me, for someone who's never heard of it, it might actually be the right language and a really suitable fit for someone who's never come across it. And if they pick it up, um, well, generally, you know, um, if it's for you or not. Sometimes it, it, it comes back a few times. Um, there's many stories of other students where they have wrestled with it and then got upset with it and put it back on the shelf and then it comes back again two, three years later or they've given it away um, to a bookshop but then they'll be in another bookstore down the a few years down the track and a book will fall from a shelf and hit them in the head And the course is saying, hello, I'm still here and I think this is maybe for you. For me, it was a little different. Um, I heard it mentioned and it came up and the first time it came up, I kind of thought, oh, that sounds interesting and just didn't pursue it. And then it was mentioned in another book I read and then I read one of Marianne Williamson's book and that she wrote based on A Course in Miracles called A Return to Love. And then suddenly... It's everywhere. You know how that works. Um, when something catches our attention, suddenly it's every not everywhere, but we notice it. And eventually I thought, you know what, I think maybe this is something I need to pay more attention to, and I did, and that's um, where I started exploring it. I did read another book called uh, A Course in Miracles Made Easy by Alan Cohen, and I found that really helpful because I realised I already understand and um, sort of believe half most of what he's saying so it was then easy for me to to then become more of a serious and more committed student of the course. So it does take calling we have to be called to it I agree to that language specific language I absolutely relate to it because I have been exposed to many, many different spiritual paths and teachings, ideas. But for some reason, Buddhism started with Tibetan Buddhism and then Zen and then Vedanta. And that seems like it's the, it might be 
the one that I would stay for a while, but I'm not sure. It's, um, we never know. <laughs> it could same, same. You know, it's like life. Um, yeah. We learn, well, not everyone. Some people only ever speak English or their, their mother tongue their whole life. But for me, I have followed different paths and explored them to see, you know, what does fit, what does ultimately um, help me to experience that peace because that's what the course at its core is about. That's how you know, and I think I you did ask the question and I didn't really answer it. How do we know when we're coming from a place of love? Part of it is we have peace. There is no fear. You cannot have, it's like light and dark. Um, if we have, if we're coming from a place of, of love, there is peace, there is joy, there is, um, you know, you can feel it in while we're in the body, you can feel it in the body, but it originates from our, our belief system, our thought system, as far as the course, how the course expresses it. Personally, I have seen it also then reflected in how I experience life. I don't have to work that hard. Like I don't work hard to make things happen. When I was younger, I used to, you know, I'd set goals and have my steps and that was part of my life coaching training as well and you, you make things happen and maybe that's absolutely appropriate when we're younger but the, um, the longer I am um, here, the more I kind of just relax into that flow of life and love. I do what's given to for me to do. I mean, I, I work, I have a, well, not a normal job. I have my dream job, but I work for someone else in, in a support program for vocational training students. I love my job. I love the people I work with and it can be very demanding, but the, um, I don't feel like I have to force life anymore. It just flows. And if a challenge comes up, I don't have to solve the problem. I can hand it over and go, well, I, I, I don't know what to do with this. And it will miraculously sort itself out. I may still need to do something. I may still need to speak to this person or get some information, but the information will come to me mm-hmm. or the right person or whatever it is right. will present itself. Right. And I'll be able to go, ah, okay, that's the next step. I love that. <laughs> that speaks to me directly. Yes, no forcing, no resistance, no fear, just being open to life in the sense of kind of answering the calls, whatever's happening here, just being attentive to it. That's it's being called for our attention. It's not a belief system. That to me is the flavor of experiencing that truth, of being touched with that, which we call the truth that this is love. So I love the way you said that. It really speaks to me because that's that's where I come from. And even the spiritual teachings, if there's too much structure, as I mentioned, I will not engage with it or something in me will not. So it's almost like uh, letting life, this flows, this which we call life, which is the illusion we already talked about before, which it really also resonates true. The dream of dancing <laughs> with the the illusion of being here, but um, who is here? No one is here. 
And at the same time, it's everywhere. <laughs> I think you sent it to me in the introduction to A Course in Miracles. It says, nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. And that, in a way, it summarizes everything. And that's also the teachings of Vedanta. It's so, so similar. The world is an appearance, is a dream, is an illusion. Only God is real. So it's so similar, isn't it, the messages, the the final message, really? Absolutely. Um, the, The way the Course puts it is only love is real. So when it says nothing real can be threatened, it's saying love cannot be threatened. Who we essentially are cannot be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Yes, the physical world appears to be very real to us while we're in it. But when you look beyond it, you suddenly see there's so much more happening and um, and and it changes all the time. And it's how we... Uh, just uh, looking at the one of the key principles of the course in terms of forgiveness, again, it uses a terminology, but it has a very different meaning to it. And it's part of this, um, with Christianity and following a Christian path for many, many years, I was very familiar with this idea or one idea of forgiveness. <clears throat> and it was very helpful to me at the time because that's where I was at. And just, you know, going back to different languages and different spiritual paths, I have had the privilege of of living in different places in the world, so I had to learn different languages. And so for a while I had a different spiritual path because that was the language that spoke to me at that point in my life. So forgiveness has been a very interesting idea and back then it was very helpful but when i came across the course's idea of forgiveness it was actually really challenging because its version of forgiveness is not you have done something to me um either you've said something to me or you've hurt me or you've done something that is terrible which may be the case in um in the real not in the real world, but in the physical world, that yes, that did happen. But the forgiveness there is not saying I'm now in a better place and I will forgive you for what you did to me. What it does is it looks beyond that and recognises that the person that we are, in a sense, forgiving is one with us and that they are their true self and it's their constructed self that did that action or had that thought. It did not come from their real self. So forgiveness there is in in the course is recognising the other person for who they really are and um, and that that in itself then dissolves a lot of the, um, I mean, I've had to do, I've had to forgive some fairly serious experiences that I've had in the body which I won't go into here that's a whole other (laughs) yeah we'll meet again for that (laughs) um, it it took time and 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 one of them almost killed me but I was able to look beyond that eventually initially I started with more low level what I call sort of lower level forgiveness 
where, yes, well, they did something really terrible. Um, I was physically injured and emotionally injured until I healed, um, but I will forgive them because I'm a wonderful person and I'm a better person. And it came more from a that kind of place. Now it's very different feeling that there meets. So part of it is a, is just that recognition. We are one and recognizing who they really are. And then suddenly, or not even suddenly, it is and can be a process, but over time being able to say, you know what? Um, I will I can overlook and see through what happened between us and see you for who you really are and that you're my my brother my sister and that we're one in love they may not be aware of that yet they may not understand that but in me being able to have that awareness it shifts something potentially and that ripple effect as we forgive, as we extend love and peace, it has this powerful ripple effect. And I think that's how we change everyone's experience of the world and help them to find their way or not or not way back, but to remember who they really are and why they are here. Yes. By being the true self. Yes. It's very inspiring, Carrie, the way you speak. And I love your um honesty and being genuine about the experiences, uh, not going into details, but it's enough to kind of show us that it is possible. Once we make that commitment to realize and live from the true self, then everything changes for us, of course. And I do kind of have a little bit of hesitation to think, to believe even that all minds are connected. A Course in Miracles kind of claim that in a way. But I do see that the minds are not connected. <laughs> a lot of our minds are not connected in the sense of coming from the, the ego self. It's, mm-hmm. it's just so different. But yes, going deeper into it, we see that everything is consciousness, is love, is God, is the source. There's no separation whatsoever. But we have to go beyond the mind, outside of the mind, which is not a place, really. It's just that that place which you call love is, to me, it's really, it embraces everything that is not real. It's the only thing that's real that holds what's not real. It's almost like existence itself nurturing what exists. And because that's our experience, it's really experience makes it, it, it real. Me talking to you today here, it feels real. And I have to say it is real. But I do know that it's temporary. So it is mm-hmm. real in this moment, but it will pass and it will disappear. But it is it is real for now without being caught up in time. It is real. So when I come from that perspective, I see that all minds are different. And it's uh, we can influence others. But I think our main job, per se, is to, is to realize the truth ourselves. And then that might happen for others. Who knows? But that's not, almost not an expectation. I try not to think that way because I mm-hmm. do try to change my husband all the time. <laughs> I have to tell you, always. But I see how different he is mine is. So I can't really force because I'm not into the forcing thing. Yeah, it, it takes. Yeah, it's it's. 
and I think that's that's spot on. We're not always ready. Yes. Had someone maybe given right. me um, a course in miracles thirty years ago, I may not. Ha- I- I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be ready. So we all have to go through that 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 um, process of of our curriculum. And again, the course speaks about each one of us. While there's a universal curriculum, we have our very individualized curriculum within that to work through whatever it is that we need to work through the awarenesses that we need to come to and um, and and yeah we, we take it from from there so it is it is a process and yes we can't change anyone but we can uh, we have an influence and I think that's yes, really important yeah, yeah. It's what kind of influence do we have? Mm, And if we're working and coming from our um, ego mind, and and you're absolutely right, that part of the mind is separate and it wants us to believe we're all separate individuals fighting for our survival, um, it absolutely does perpetuate that idea and that's why we see some of the situations at the moment um, in the world it's because people are afraid and they've been hurt and harmed and they're not healed and so that's the only way they they know how to to live um, the one mind is 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 the love its source and again, it's a, it's a terminology where there is absolute unity at the same time, and the course would say that source is not even aware of what's happening in the illusionary world because it's not real. It has nothing to do with it. Only through how we connect with the illusionary world, and that's where the inner teacher comes in. There is a a, a connecting a, a way to communicate and still be connected to source and one word source but source it's it's a it's because it's perfect love it it, and this is an illusion and it happens in a split second outside of time and space and it never happened so we're getting into some really deep uh ideas and, and here that maybe not everyone they'll listen and go you're absolutely crazy what are you talking about this is an illusion and it never happened and it's a split second that never happened um but yeah that's that's just another aspect that when we're ready to explore we might be able to start wrapping our our um (laughs) true self mind around because the ego self will never get it it will not it cannot understand something like love Yes, that is true. Yeah. Something in me, of course, kind of responds to it with a smile and the heart opens when you say this never happened. So it's true. It really resonates true. And then what it is, is the, it's like dreaming, isn't it? Like in Vedanta, they talk about that. It's like we are dreaming. This is a dream. And at that level of love, as you speak, and I use the word consciousness, so pure consciousness, peace itself, freedom itself, love itself. Mm-hmm. It's just perfect. Nothing really is, there's nothing happening there. It's just in perfect state of harmony, which is not even a state. But just for the sake of trying to explain this. So we are dreaming and then it's like dreaming at night and then the body and the mind is just laying in bed peacefully. 
It's just mm-hmm. at peace. But we have this, sometimes we have nightmares and we have, you know, uh, situations. We're experiencing kind of appearances that we are, we're experiencing actually things that it looks real. It feels real. It, it is real, actually, for that sake in that moment. And then we wake up. Oh, that was not real. Thank God. <laughs> or perhaps we'll say that was real good. I had a, a just beautiful dream. So I guess a lot of us are just caught up in the dream and then we are okay with the dream and we keep just going without never waking up. We don't want to wake up, some of us, which that's why in a lot of the spiritual teachers, they, they use the term awakening. Because mm-hmm. some of us don't want to wake up. And, and and that analogy of a dream is perfect because going back to that forgiveness idea, it would be like I dream that this has happened. Yes. And yes, it might be more like a nightmare. Right. Uh, in the nightmare That's or in it. the dream, it might make um, I have been hurt and harmed. Yes. But when I wake up, it would be silly. So say I dreamt that, that my friend did something to hurt me in the dream, um, to then wake up and go to her and say, look, I'm really, uh, <laughs> yes. I forgive you for what you did. And yeah. they look at me and go, what What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yes, oh, that's last it. Last night I had a dream that you, you know, yes. took all my, stole all my money and burnt my car and whatever yes, else. that's it. And they go, what are you talking about? It was just a dream. Well, but it, it was yeah. real. It really <laughs> happened. And, of course, it felt like it really happened. And I think that is the physical life. It feels very real. Um, And one thing that I do love and appreciate about the course as well is that when we come from a place of love, we can actually experience life as a happy dream. Mm. It's still an illusion, but it's we come from a place of love and joy and peace. And there might still be difficult things happening, but we're not... um, generating them in the same intensity or to the same degree and caught up in them. Or when we're not aware of who we really are, life can very much feel like a nightmare. Mm. And um, and so the way I see it, while I'm still in this body, I want to be able to live as much as I'm able to a happy dream, a happy experience of this illusion, a calm one of love and being helpful and and making the dream or the illusion um, a better experience for others if I am, you know, as I'm able to do that. See, that's the, the understanding I have as well, although I don't call it dream because the dream implies that we are still kind of um, accepting the illusion as real, although while we are dreaming, it really feels real. And it is real. Mm-hmm. Like if we mm-hmm. keep dreaming, we'll go to sleep and we dream for a whole year. That will be real. We'll just we'll mm-hmm. keep going, right? Like this repetition of events just keep. And it is real. It is. It will be real. But then when we get out of it, we just wake up. Then it's different. It feels very different. It's knowing that this, it's not a dream really anymore. Not for me. It's not a dream anymore. It became something else. I don't know what to call it. Perhaps it's just the flowing thing. It's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, happening now. Oh, this is, and now everything's kind of, it's interesting. Like when it happens, something negative even, it's interesting. And it, there's, um, it's a completely different perspective, perception. It doesn't, it's the upside down perception. Like, oh, yeah. And then it's something 
that's happening from the, it's still like a residues from the dream. I know because the body's still here going on. It's still kind of moving within the dream, but it's, it knows it's not the dream itself. So it's not the dream. It, mm-hmm. it's no, there's no dreamer anymore, but the dream is still here. <laughs> it's uh, something I, I like I, that. I understand what you do. you're trying <laughs> yeah, to express. Kinda... Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's kind of like living in two parallel um, uh, realms. In the one yeah, realm, yeah. we are yeah. not in the dream, and we, but we're aware that part of us is still living the dream. Yes. So ah uh, yes, right. When Body you understand mind. that we're living in an yeah. illusion, it doesn't mean that we suddenly aren't here anymore. We still need to eat. We still enjoy beautiful food or travel, or we still feel compassion for situations and people that are caught up in the nightmare, and we have opportunities to express love by um, you know helping being helpful to people and and serving people. But at the same time, we are very aware it's not, yeah, there's this other part of us that is very aware that's just happening in time and space and the part of us that's outside of time and space is aware of, of the two until I imagine and I have no, of course, personal experience <laughs> of it, yeah. but hopefully one day it's just like, you know, you turn off the TV, bang, it's gone. And, um, and, and we're just that other, the real self, where it has no awareness at all that it was ever in a dream or nightmare or illusion because it's, it's, dissolved right and I absolutely love to what you said earlier about forgiveness right for me that happened exactly I don't know how long ago speaking of time probably seven years ago when this was realized it was no more a matter of acceptance of forgiveness it was just like that smile of um, almost like freedom oh it's okay (laughs) it was just a dream and then it, it just it dissipates. It just it disappears. Everything disappears. Although I still feel within the conditioned body-mind, the, the body-mind complex, there's still memories of the past and the traumas that I went through and all the bad experiences. But they just kind of, uh, they just come and go as everything here in the dream. Everything comes and goes. There's nothing that is really permanent or real as consciousness, God, love is. So there's this very deep understanding, felt understanding about that. So that's pretty cool, I guess. <laughs> it's kind of dancing, an interesting dance. And speaking of dance, oh gosh, I said we're almost at the end and I, I went back. But I wanted to ask you this question quickly about the book that you have written. I know we talked briefly off record. Life Salsa, uh, Life Lessons from the Dance Floor. It's just a, a, an open question for you, Carrie. What was the inspiration to write this book? The inspiration for the book was I, I love to dance. Yeah. I'm not particularly uh, fantastic at it, <laughs> um, but I still enjoy it. And I do both a partner dance as well as just dance whenever the opportunity arises. Um, so that came out of seeing parallels between lessons that I had learnt in life and the analogy of, especially when you're in a partner dance, 
and seeing some of the par- parallels between what I was being told by my dance instructor to improve my dancing yeah. were very similar uh-huh. to also um, he or she would, would say something, for example, uh, Carrie, you need to, um, if, if you want to turn and not get wobbly when you turn, you need to have a, a focus and you need to learn how to spot turn. Still learning that as well. Yeah, yes. um, <laughs> <laughs> but I realised, oh, in life it's it's similar. If I don't want to be wobbly and all over the place, I need to have a focus. Um, and so I saw lots of parallels. And so it was just um, that the, the, the book came into being as a result of a little talk I gave at a board meeting. So I was on a, on a national board um, for the not-for-profit that I worked with overseas for a while. And so I thought, okay, this might be really helpful, especially it also relates to leadership as well, especially in a lead-follow um, dance style. A lot of the principles help with how to be an effective leader because the techniques um, and principles for being an effective leader on the dance floor apply also in a lot of ways to life as well as being a follower. So and um, and and how that works. And at the time, I was doing uh, learning salsa dancing. So that's where that came from. Now it was written some years ago. So I have moved on from some of the ideas. However, probably still uh, resonate with them and would still consider that there's also practical activities in the book that people might find helpful. Uh, depending on which stage of life they are at. And then it also uses some of my personal stories, um, personal experiences that helped me to really apply those principles or illustrate those principles. I really love the dance metaphor. See, this is the dance that we are actually experiencing right now. The true self, the ego self, the condition. I call it kind of separated self, but mm-hmm. really the conditioned body-mind. You know, there's a lot of compassion for it, too. I don't know who is being compassionate about it, but that arises. It's very interesting to see when um, kind of watching, observing the body-mind complex, just doing what it does. <laughs> it kind of uh, that sense of warmth kind of sets in. It's almost like it's okay to carry on with the, the conditions, but you are not that. That's not who you are. So it's such a, a beautiful dance, I have to say. So your book, that book caught my attention. And I'm sure some people who um, kind of have the same idea. I interviewed somebody long ago who talked about that. He's a therapist and he really kind of explored the realm of dance in life how we can use dance as a metaphor for life. So you did that too. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I wasn't a a student of the course when I wrote the book, so um, I was sort of transitioning out of Christianity into something else. So it kind of sits in in an interesting place. So it's always interesting when you do produce something like that, create something like that, and then realise I have sort of, dipped back into it and I I still resonate with what I wrote. Um, There's nothing in there that I wouldn't 
um, agree with today, but I think I have, I think I mentioned um, when we were off rec- record that, it, yeah, I have moved on from that, but still believe it could be very helpful to um, people depending on where they're at, and it is available on Amazon.com, um, and it is a workbook. So there is a, a, a practical application part of it that people might find um, really helpful. Yeah, it caught my attention, so <laughs> we never know. Thank you so much again for your beautiful presence, for being open to this experience called life, which um, I have to say the dream, and everything that you're doing to pass that on, the perfume of the true self onto others by living the truth yourself. So thank you so much again, Carrie. And before we say goodbye, oh yes, you wanted to say something before my technical question. Yes, please. So yeah, just to say that there's no one right path for anyone. It is really just about exploring those languages <laughs> yes. and seeing uh, or dance styles if we want to use that um you know it might be samba for some it might be uh west coast swing for me it might be belly dancing for someone else um or whichever language but uh yeah it's it's just such a wonderful experience and but at the end of it it all comes down and i think this is something we would possibly most of us agree on. It comes down to love and oneness. Mm, Yes. Thank you so much again for expressing the truth the way you do with so much confidence. (laughs) I love when I hear that from other human beings. So before we say goodbye for today, what is the best way to learn more about you and what do you do? The best way to learn more about me is my website, so www.carriehowry.com. I'm also on Instagram and LinkedIn, so they are also uh, places if people want to follow me there. Uh, On my website, you can sign up to receive uh, little life inspirations that I send out Um, on a reasonably regular basis when I'm inspired. Uh, I I love photography, so they're generally a photo that's inspired me um, with some kind of uh, quote or words that uh, along the the line of uh, wisdom for creating our best lives. So a a little taste of life wisdom with an image um, and that you can sign up for to receive that. Um, through through the website as well and some information about uh, engaging me as a guest speaker in person if you're in Adelaide or Australia and maybe even internationally one day um, but if um, I love doing these these podcasts and having these um, meaningful beautiful important conversations so um, I'm yeah very much looking forward to more opportunities to to have these these types of, of conversations. Me too. <laughs> Talking to you amazing people. Thank you so much again for your presence here today, Carrie. We'll talk soon. Bye for now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Carrie Hari and her work, please visit CarrieHari.com. Thank you.
learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org/podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.